Thank you for tuning in to another um, episode of Extending Extension. We're coming from Randolph County, North Carolina. We are part of uh, North Carolina State University and A&T University. And we're excited today to have Blake Silve with us. Now, if you've ever seen his business card or you've looked us up on the website and you see his name, you are probably a lot like we were when we first met him. Like, I don't even know how to say his last name. It is spelt very differently. Um, but just rest assured, if you just call and say, can I speak to Blake? We're going to know who to send you to. But we welcome Blake Silve to the show. And today we are going to talk. First, we're going to let him introduce himself. So take it away, Blake, on that. So for the record, yeah, the Z is silent. <laughs> but you can call me Blake. Um, I am a native. So I am the field crop agent in Randolph County. I also cover forestry. Um, but my first uh, love, I guess, is field crops. That's what I went to school for. But I also cover some of the pesticide um, coordinator duties. So if you have any questions about your pesticide license or anything to do with that realm, you can uh, give me a call about that also. Awesome. Um, if you hear a sniffling throughout the <laughs> the cast here um it is ragweed season correct blake oh yeah yeah ragweed season so um we're all allergy sufferers here so we may hear a sniffle here and there but uh just rest assured we are okay we are healthy just suffering from north carolina weeds all right so blake to start us off today um it is what week is it it is national farm safety and health week that's right it's right up your alley because you deal a lot with our local farmers. Um, so the, our first topic that we're going to dive into regarding that particular subject that week is, uh, equipment safety. Yep. So, um, the reason this week is so important is because ag is among the most hazardous industry in the country. Um, it's been that way for a long time and it unfortunately probably will stay that way but there are ways that you can help uh, avoid being a statistic and here are a few statistics that i have from 2019. so in 2019 there are more than 2.1 million employees in agriculture of those employees um, around 410 farmers and workers have died unfortunately from work-related injuries uh, those statistics come from niosh uh, n-i-o-s-h so those uh, like i said avoid being some of the statistics we're going to go over some of the ways that the public and also farmers can help um help themselves be safe throughout the day my husband became uh, an ag statistic if you will earlier this year um, he's usually very safe on the farm he's been doing it pretty much his entire life since he was able to walk i think he's been farming of some sort started in the carpet moved up to the real fields. Um, and, but this just one particular time this year, he just, just was in a hurry. I think he got in a hurry and went out to, to, um, uh, fix the hay wagon that attaches to the, the tractor. And if I say something wrong, Blake will shoot me a look because I do not know all the, <laughs> the technical terms, but just know this, just know this. If you're like me and you do not know the technical terms, he had this 
the end of a trailer. So that was attached to the hay wagon, correct? Mm, the, the tongue. The tongue of the trailer attached to the hay wagon. Is that the correct yeah. piece? Okay. Which is very heavy. How much would you estimate that thing may oh, weigh? Uh, tons. Tons. Yeah. Huge. He was out by himself and he did not make sure that the, um, what was the thing? Pin. The pin was in to keep it stable, correct? The, the jack. I don't know exactly. Well, the jack. Okay. <laughs> Needless to say, the tongue of this heavy piece of equipment fell on his foot, right on his toes. He was out there alone. He could not lift it. Um, he did have his trusty dog with him because she goes everywhere, little Maggie. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, dogs are not that great in a time of crisis when you need something lifted off your foot that weighs mm -hmm. a lot. Thankfully, he carries his phone on him and he was able to get to it and call for help. And his father and um, his helper, Jason, were able to get to him and um, get him moved and on to the hospital to get treatment. Um, but he will forever have pain in his foot. He's, he's healed, but you know, you know how those injuries go, arthritis, all that stuff. Um, but we're going to definitely talk about how it is beneficial to make sure that you're taking those extra moments out of your day to do the right things to keep you safe. Yeah. So farmers do spend a lot of time with their equipment. So it, they can remain, you know, very, they can get very comfortable around them. Um, but it's important that they stay vigilant in order to stay safe. So one of the first steps, and I think your husband had steel toed boots on that morning. He did. So crushed it, crushed the right, steel, but yeah, right. thankfully he did. If he didn't. So that's one of the things he woke up and made the decision to put on that piece of equipment that was, that probably saved his foot from, from being even more mangled up. So he had steel toe boots on. There's, you know, other things that you can do. If you wear clothes that are ripped up and kind of have threads hanging off, sometimes that loose fabric can, if you are working around equipment, get you kind of pulled into bad situations. You know, basically they're just hanging off and can get you drug into stuff. Um, so it's good to have clothes that are maybe not loose fitting. Um, they don't have to be tight to your skin, but you know, make sure that they're not just hanging off everywhere. Um, and so one of the biggest things that we run into or that you most commonly see, or one of the easiest things that you can kind of get in a hurry and just, you have to work on your machine or do something really quick to it. Um, just making sure that you turn the machine off before you work on it. And I know you get in a rush, but it's better to, not be in a rush than to get rushed off to the emergency room. So, um, that's one easy way to, to kind of avoid those circumstances. Obviously the one with your husband, that wasn't, the equipment wasn't on, but, um, it, that was more of a kind of an accident as yeah. something he couldn't have really predicted was going to happen or, or change the event. So, um, and that's a, a lot of times that is what occurs. So, if you're alone in the field, that's one thing. Um, but as you mentioned, there's pets running around. There's sometimes children running around, uh, people that maybe aren't completely aware of the equipment and, or the blind spots that the equipment has. So as the operator, just keeping account, account of who's around and making sure that everyone is accounted for while you're maybe 
going towards somewhere that's in your blind spot. Uh, that's a very important thing to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that may not apply to everybody, but uh, it's important to avoid alcohol when you're operating this equipment. And in a similar note, it's important to uh, make sure you get enough rest because a lot of both of those things can kind of affect your judgment. So anytime you're operating with heavy equipment, that's something that, that you should try to avoid alcohol and lack of sleep. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yes. Um, another, another point that I've heard, you know, just being in my career here in extension is always making sure that someone knows where you are. You know, if you have a, a farm person, even if it's your wife, a, a neighbor, somebody knows when you're headed out to a particular field just for those emergency situations. So they can kind of know that you should return around X amount of hours. And if you don't, then something may not be right. Because, you know, you may not have cell phone signal, you wh- whatever the case may be, and you someone needs to know where you are. But also, if you're one of those farmers Mine is guilty of this. I think it's a very farmer thing, if you will, that you call the the field that you're working in sometimes by the original owner. You know, it's like, oh, that's the old Silvey place. I'm going to the Silvey place. Well, if I was married into that family or a neighbor or something like that, I don't know what that means. I don't know where that is. I don't know how to find you. So just be very clear on where you're going to be because I I want all of the farmers to come home safe. I want mine to come home safe, my father-in-law to come home safe, but I can't help you if you don't, if I don't know where you are. That's a good point. Um, and sometimes I think, you know, it's like basic hunter safety. If, you, if you're going out, just having, making sure that everyone's on the same, everyone knows where everyone's going. Um, so a very good point yeah uh so our our next topic we're gonna just slide on into is about road safety this one is also very dear to my heart um my husband's cousin is he's a part-time farmer he's a full-time uh teacher in stanley county but a couple of years ago he was rear-ended while he was driving his what was he what was he driving i can't remember i don't remember either and that it doesn't really matter what he was driving the point was he was moving farm equipment down the road on a busy highway in the in the day it wasn't dark it wasn't anything like that you know perfectly acceptable time to be moving equipment and this person just did not see him and rear-ended right into his farm equipment um, he was not in a, he was in a cabless tractor. It was an open tractor and he was thrown out of it and, you know, had road rash kind of injuries, um, just some really extensive injuries, not death, you know, not on the brink of death injuries, but they were still pretty extensive and required some hospital stay and some surgery um, because of a, just a simple mistake of someone just forgetting that, you know, these tractors and this equipment belongs on the road as well. So, uh, Blake, do you want to talk to us a little more about how to be safe on the road? Sure. Um, accidents on the road tend to be the leading cause of farm accidents and death. Unfortunately, um, I think much like just anything else, the roads are very dangerous and that's where a lot of, unfortunately, the 
um, deaths occur by accident. Um, in particular, in the spring and fall, there's a lot more equipment on the road. Obviously, it's planting season in the spring and it's harvest season in the fall uh, generally. So this equipment that they're using and moving is typically very large and at maximum it's almost 30 miles an hour so you can see this equipment from a long ways away because it's very large but it's going slow and so you can come up on it pretty fast that may be difficult for you but if you put yourself in the position of the operator you are a small vehicle compared to them and if you're coming up 60 miles per hour or even above that if it's on a major highway and you don't slow down it may be a matter of seconds where they're not looking back they look forward they look back and you're right there or you're trying to pass them so please if you come up on a slow moving farm vehicle make sure to slow down um another accident that occurs far too often is this equipment when it's turning sometimes has to veer off either to the right or the left in order to make their turn because it's a wide turn and cars approaching take that as a uh, gesture from the farmer that they are letting them pass so they will attempt to pass while the farmer is turning and that's how a collision can occur because the farmer is actually turning it's very important for you to either look for their hand signals or for the signals on the equipment itself. Some equipment does have that, those flashers on them. Some don't, but the farmer will communicate to you what their intentions are. If you just pay attention and you're very patient. Um, so the biggest key points, I guess, is to be patient, keep your distance when you are approaching them and then watch for the farmer signal. Yes. And the farmers can do their part by just like when you get in your vehicle to drive, we're supposed to check you know, your brake lights and your turn signals and all of those things. So if your equipment is equipped with that, which if it's on the road, it should be, I think that's the law. Um, just to make sure, double check before you head on the road to keep yourself safe, that all of those things are in working order so that mm -hmm. you've done your part to, to be safe. At very least, the equipment should have a slow moving, that, that triangle on the mm -hmm. back, slow moving vehicle. And it's reflective and it's big and orange and red. So you should um, at very minimum have that if you're going to be on the road as, as a farm equipment operator. Yes, absolutely. So the, the next thing we're going to dive into is on farm safety. I live on a farm and there are many, many ways to get hurt, whether it be wildlife, whether it be holes, whether it be grain bins. I mean, it's literally anything you can think of can cause injury on a farm animals definitely um you know if you've ever been around a a mama cow with a, a fresh baby calf you better watch out <laughs> or you better be fast because mama is coming she does not play so uh blake i think you shared a story with me earlier about you know your own own farm injury uh, well i yeah so growing up on a farm they, you definitely have either, you know, small injuries or they can be a little more significant or you got to go to the hospital. I've wound up in the hospital once for a cut that required some stitches, but it was, it was an accident, but it was 100% avoidable. So it involved a saw 
and it involved working too close to somebody with the saw. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it could have wound up a lot worse than it did, but, um, at the same time, 100% avoidable. So, um, and we'll start with like the fire side of it, I, I suppose. So there's a statistics from, uh, the national fire protection association from 2013 to 2017, there were 326 deadly barn fires across the country. So not just barn fires, barn fire, not barn fire. So not just barn fires, but barn fires that wound up in uh, a death. So that is, that's, that's a very steep number. I think, um, I never even, it, it never even crossed my mind until I saw that statistic that it was that big of an issue. Mm -hmm. So two things that we can learn from that. Um, hay and straw, it's pretty large in Randolph County. Those two things are, or any kind of forage that's up in a barn is a big culprit. So sometimes there are uh, conditions that make that hay or straw more susceptible to catching fire. So if you stack it up, typically the hay in the middle or the straw in the middle is going to get the hottest. So every now and then, if you, if you are, you know, if you suspect that the conditions might be right for that forage to ignite or to get too hot. It's important to take a thermometer or some kind of uh, heat probe, go into the middle of that stack and see if any of that hay has reached around 150 degrees or more. You should unstack it if it has to promote cooling. Um, very insulated in the middle of that stack. So that's how these hay fires occur. Another thing is to properly store flammable material. So not just, you know, combustible material like hay, but flammable material like gasoline or all the other you know, propane, all the, the whole gamut of things that are flammable that are very common on a farm. Um, you know, working in a grain bin is a very frightening thing to do. Unfortunately, problems do occur with that. Um, and it's typically from skipping steps in safety and not knowing the common mistakes that can happen. So if you're a farmer, make sure you have someone else there to monitor you. Um, as we were talking about earlier, making sure where somebody knows you are, I, I would say for this, definitely make sure you have somebody else there that can do something about it because something can go wrong in a grain bin in a matter of seconds. Um, like I said, there's common mistakes that can occur. There is safety equipment that you can use that will be life-saving if you do use it. So make sure you are equipped and that you take all the pro proper precautions. Also, if you have a worker going in there, make sure that they know the risks that they're taking because, um, you know, there's, especially in agriculture, there's a lot of turnover in employees and employment. So a lot of times they're working with new employees, just make sure that they are aware um, if they are first time going in of the risk of going into a grain bin. Yeah. And if you've, if you have never seen a video of how quickly someone can get swallowed up in a, a grain bin full of corn or soybeans or wheat, anything like that, it is very fast mm -hmm. and the weight of that particular grain on your body i mean you literally suffocate to death we're so, not trying to be yeah. morbid but that mm -hmm. that is the reality that it can very yes. well happen 
and a lot of our, you know, we're out here, uh, we're in the city of Ashboro, but a lot of our farms obviously are in a rural place and we depend on volunteer firefighters to help us in these situations, but not every department has those tools, mm -hmm. that mechanism to yeah. get you out quickly. Yeah. Um, they are available, but they're costly. And so you can't always count on, well, if something were to happen, you know, they're going to be able to save me. That may not be your reality. Mm -hmm. So you need to plan ahead um, and have those things available on your farm to, to be able to help you. Yeah, it is a very unfortunate thing when you hear about it. It happens, unfortunately, quite a bit. Um, I would think every year. But like you said, you're, you fall in and you could be under tons and tons of material. And it's not necessarily a fast, you do suffocate. Um, it does take a while. And there, even if people are there, they are, you're underneath tons of material. They can't exactly reach you immediately. So yeah, it's not a good way to go. And then on the flip side, when the grain bin is empty, you've hauled out all the grain, you've cashed in your money, <laughs> if you will, and it's time to clean those grain bins out. You still want to make sure, you know, and it's empty, it's empty now, but you've got to clean it out and get it ready for the next yeah. harvest. You know, you want to make sure that when you're doing that, that's typically done kind of towards the heat of summer, if you will, just hot, mm. hot days that you stay hydrated. And that goes for any time because they do put in some yeah. long hours in the sun and in, in all kinds of weather. Stay hydrated. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even hit on like heat stroke and dehydration, but um, those yeah those those are um, very especially in the heat of summer something that you can that can come up on you pretty quick. Um, and it is something that we probably could talk more on, but. Um, the, the key points is basically if you start feeling nauseous, uh, you probably need to slow down. If you, if you know, you need to know the signs of heat stroke in case you're working with somebody that has a heat stroke, you need to know what to do uh, for them. So, um, heat, heat stress and heat stroke, heat stroke can be deadly. So it is a real, it is a real thing that needs to be watched out for. hundred percent. All right, so we're going to kind of start wrapping up our time, but we've got just a couple more points we want to talk about. Um, one is, you know, there are some rules and laws with part of your job that are governed above NC State, governed above all those entities in which we work for. Um, so do you want to touch real quickly on uh, your fit testing and pesticide safety and all that stuff? Sure. So um, if you are using pesticides on your own property, um, that's fine as, as long as it's not a restricted use pesticide, if it is a restricted use pesticide, you are required by law, state law to get a North Carolina pesticide license. Um, and, and how, how does the person know if they have gotten something that is restricted use? Hopefully, um, you haven't been able to attain it. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> that's number one. But it will say on the very front at the top restricted use pesticide um if you typically it'll be that you know that you can't attain it and then you want to um and so anyways you will get a um, core manual from us or you can purchase one yourself it's through the ncda and you will take an exam through the ncda 
Um, another way that you will need a pesticide license, if, if you're applying pesticides on somebody else's property, then you will need a pesticide license no matter what. That will be a commercial pesticide license. Um, so if you are curious of whether you do need one, you can give us a call and work out the details. Uh, some other things that go along with that, if you're using a pesticide that requires you to wear a respirator, you are required to get fit tested every single year. Um, and we do offer opportunities to get fit tested for your respirator every single year. Um, the Agri-Medicine Institute out of ECU helps us out with that process because they have registered nurses that can do your medical clearance. They can provide you with respirators that are at a discounted price and um, you can be in and out of here in 15, 20 minutes. And with, uh, you know, depending on if you buy a respirator for a very, very small charge. So um, get something that potentially gets overlooked every year because, but, but it is something that we do late in the late uh, year, like December or in January, February. So it's at a time of year where hopefully you have a little more time. Yeah. So. And, and you partner um, frequently, I would say, with our, our most local nurse, Jessica Wilburn. Shout out to Jessica, um, who does double duty at a local doctor's office as well mm -hmm. as the Agri-Medicine Institute. Um, so what are some of your other partners or if you want to elaborate a little more on how you work with them? Agri-Medicine Institute out of ECU, they help us with the fit testing, like you mentioned. Um, they help us with farmer stress issues. They help us with a whole slew of farm safety things. So we have a very good partnership with them. Obviously, if something does go wrong, the first person that's going to be on the scene is either local fire department, usually volunteer fire department, or local EMS or emergency services. So um, that is... It is a very important point to make that most of the time these people are going to be either volunteers or um, maybe somebody that we're not even really in contact with all the time. So they know the rules as well. They they should know farm safety stuff as well. Mm -hmm. North Carolina Cooperative Extension has a farm health and safety agent that is an area specialized agent. So I believe she covers all of North Carolina. And she does a very good job as well. And there's other folks that I'm not mentioning. Um, the list could go on and on. I'm sure NCDA helps us out, uh, the EPA, all those folks. So, yeah, we do have some some great partners, like you mentioned. Um, so, Blake, what do you got coming up here soon? We're, you know, kind of in a busy time. You know, we're still all bouncing back from COVID and and even though we've been seeing people face to face for a while now, it still feels a, a little odd, but we're always excited to, to welcome the public and the community in, into our office and to, to hold classes and programs for them. So what do you got coming up, Blake? Well, depending on when this podcast comes out, um, <laughs> September 22nd, 2022, just make sure we're in the right year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, September 22nd, I believe is a Thursday. It's the fall forage weed and fire ant control course. Oh, fire ants. Yeah, that's a hot topic. Quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 Blake's a funny man. And so 
It'll be from 9 to 11 a.m. in the Wolfpack Room. We're at 1003 South Fayetteville Street in Ashboro. It, uh, it has two hours of pesticide credits to go with it. N, O, D, and X pesticide credits. Yes. If you have any of those letters mm-hmm. and you know you're going to need some hours, because I, I know some of you, you act like you don't know, but you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so come on. Don't wait. Don't drag your feet. Don't try to get them all in at the last minute. Just come on. Come take these classes. And besides, fire ants, so pesky. Mm-hmm. Literally so pesky and painful. So, you know, come figure out how how to combat these things in your fields, in your yards. We we have information and education and some tools to help you. We do have the tools. And another thing, if you have a private pesticide license, so um, most of you farmers out there, you do have a private pesticide license. The end of September is when uh, you will need to renew it. And see, it's on a three-year loop. So if you're on your third year, the end of September, you don't have your two X credits and your two V credits. V credits are safety trainings. You will need to come in uh, ASAP. Um, It's hard to find them at the very end. That's why I put them at the very end. I know September is not a great time of year, but that's when this license expires. So I do have the credits available. Don't let your pesticide license lapse or expire. Uh, come on in and get your credits. Yes, that's an expensive lesson to yeah. learn. Yeah, and time consuming. More time consuming than if you were to just come in. Yes. So September 27th and September 29th from 10 a.m. to noon, same room in the Wolfpack room, same address, 1003 South Fayetteville Street. There is the safety training, which is your V credits. It will either one of those dates, the 27th or the 29th of September. We'll get you the credits you need if you are lacking your safety training. Um, on something that is not necessarily with pesticide credits, but is an event that is very useful, October 15th from 8 a.m. to noon at the Randolph Mall, if you have old or unwanted pesticides that are just sitting around or you don't know what they are, um, you can bring them in and dispose of them for free. Uh, if you have a large quantity, so hundreds of gallons, please give us a call beforehand so we can make sure that there's enough room for you to bring that um, in because there's a limited quantity that we're allowed to collect. Um, let's see. And I mentioned the respirator fit test. Ours this year will be November 18th from 8 a.m. to noon in the Wolfpack room. Please call so we can get you an appointment so that you're not sitting around uh, waiting for someone else to finish up. Uh, like I said, it'll just be like 15, 20 minutes worth of your time to come and do that. They, if you use Paraquat, so Gramoxone products, um, you are required to have a Paraquat training every three years. Three years ago, so 2019 was the first year they did it. If you got your certification in 2019, this year is the year it runs up. So you will need your Paraquat training before burn down next year in the spring. So please come do it this November the 24th in our Wolfpack room and knock it out. You do get one hour of N O D or X pesticide credits along with that. So that's a good way to knock it out. You can also do that online if you so choose to, but you do not get a pesticide credit with that online. 
if you missed that one in November, January 12th, we will have another one um, in the Wolfpack Room, 9 to 10 a.m. That's all I got for now. We will have winter meetings, however. So those will be coming Oh, up. yes. Lots of winter yeah. meetings. And during COVID, in the time of Zoom, holy moly, I sat helping Blake out. I sat through many uh, pesticide trainings, and I feel like I should have my own license by now. <laughs> uh, so I know the material is can be kind of dry, but mm -hmm. it's always a good refresher to to keep you in line and, and to yeah. do exactly what we came here to talk about today, which is keeping you safe. And that's the number right. one priority to know how to do it safely. Right. Yeah. Um, we are given the material most of the time that we are allowed to present on. So, um, you know, sometimes we can branch out like our fall forage and fire ant control. That one's a little more involved, I would say. And I have flexibility for creativity on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, we, work with what we got and we try to make it as involved as possible. So, yeah, it's hard to make it exciting, um, yeah. you know, and there's not mm -hmm. a lot of uh, humor in mm -hmm. hurting. I am sure a lot of these farmers could. They could probably recite and, it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah so. They could take your job easily. Blake. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them that. <laughs> but anyway, um, we thank you very much for taking part in this podcast Thank today yeah they've all been very nervous about being in the hot seat not me not you no he's <laughs> he was born for this so like our last question are you ready for this i don't know now i'm nervous <laughs> so kenny was a little taken back even though we hmm. i give them notes ahead of time um they still this is the last thing they think about because it's so at this point you know well like at this point how long have you been with extension Three and a half years. Three and a half years. It seems like just yesterday he came along, but he's mm -hmm. been here three and a half years. He's like the little brother I didn't know I wanted, I guess. <laughs> no, you're like my little brother. Anyway, um, anyway, he's been a great asset, a fantastic asset. So, Blake, with your experience in extension, give us your best elevator speech for that person who may be listening who knows nothing about what we do mm -hmm. here because it is a different yeah. business, you know? Yeah. So give us your best elevator speech. Um, I will address the farmers on this one. Uh, so although extension may not be able to come out with information at the speed of some private companies, the information we do have, you can guarantee is, is correct. It is tested. It is proven stuff so it is all scientifically proven um we are not here for profit we are here to make sure that you are more profitable more efficient and um, can expand your operation and make it sustainable to where your generation and the next generation are able to continue to farm and i think we have a very unique situation to where we can offer you unbiased material we can come out free of charge um, welcome to help you we have some tools that are you know able that we're able to share with you um, went to school for four years and then i got my master's degree and all that knowledge um, which is you know a lot of scientific stuff or it, it's all available to you if you just ask so 
um, you know, you, y'all, you farmers have a lot of hands-on experience that I can learn from as well. So I just, I would really like to work with a lot of y'all uh, a little more closely. So a lot of the folks that I do work with, I'm sure if you ask them, they would say, you know, a lot of good things about us. Um, you just have to be willing to allow us onto your farm and to give us the time of day we will, I think it's well, it's more than worth it. So, um, if you're not sure where to start with that, you can just give me a call. I try to get out and around to meet a lot of y'all. There's still more people here than I, sometimes I can get to know, but, um, like I said, it's only my third year here. COVID kind of slowed things down for me, but, um, ready to meet everybody, everybody that's willing to talk to me. I'm willing to come out. So. Yeah. And you don't even have to know how to say his last name. That's right. Yeah. You can make <laughs> up any name you'd like for me. We do that. We do that to him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're definitely happy to have Blake in our office and with us today. And that was a great elevate, elevator speech. <laughs> um, yeah, we we appreciate all those that who already use us and that we've built mm -hmm. those relationships with. And we look forward to reaching more. Randolph County is actually a very large county. Yes. Okay, if you try to go to corner to corner, it's going to take a chunk of your day. Yeah, I live in the corner. I so, live in the other corner. <laughs> yeah. So if I have to go down there, it takes a long time. It really does. Um, so again, we thank you. And as Blake has mentioned, our address is 1003 South Fayetteville Street. We are in the Hillside Shopping Center located um, with Papa John's Pizza mm -hmm. and Nautilus Gym. Mm -hmm. Not the most... It's very unique. It is a very unique space. That was a good yeah. way to put it. Wait, but you know, it's been a great space. You can also get your toenails and your fingernails done. Yes, we cannot leave them out and do the consignment shopping. Do a little thrifting. Yeah, you, you can spend a day in the shopping center. Yeah, I do every day. Send my day here. Yeah. <laughs> try not to. I try to get out. <laughs> Monday through Friday. But farmers, please call him. He would love to come and see you. He does much rather enjoy, enjoy that than yeah. sitting behind his desk. Yeah. Um, but if you need to, if you need to call Blake, you can call 336-318-6000 or directly 318-6004. Mm -hmm. uh, if you do call the 6000, our lovely receptionist, Wanda, will be happy to uh, send you Blake's mm -hmm. way and hopefully he'll be able to speak with you right away. Sometimes he is called up because he is helping a farmer. So just leave him a message and, and he's really great about returning those phone calls. Mm-hmm. So part of my other duties is forestry. If you're a forestry landowner and you have general questions about managing your timber, selling your timber, tax breaks and things like that, tax programs, you can, you can come. If you're a forestry professional and you want credits on something or you would like us to talk about some of your pesticide credit needs, I'm happy to do that as well. Yes. And we will spend more time with Blake in the near future because as I said in our last episode, there are so many coworkers to go through and um, mm -hmm. it won't take long. <laughs> but So we're going to obviously talk about, but your jobs are so multifaceted mm -hmm. that we could literally cherry pick yeah. multiple times before we ever even scratch the surface of what you guys do. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. So one last thank you, Blake, and you. we will see you next week when we have a new topic and a new agent. We appreciate you listening. Thank you.